game. I like hit, I punched the mic. Sometimes that's what you got to do. You said, "Hey, I'm the boss around here." You got to be prepared to to punch that mic. Yeah. You said, "Mike, listen. I'm Griffin and I'm in charge." I I said I said, "Mike, and I was like, bah, bah, and, then, and then I had to buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Punching your mic is a good way to keep it in line. Shooting it with a gun is bad because then it doesn't work anymore. Um, a lot of people learn about this during the context of sort of 1920s labor struggles. Oh, yeah. Everyone learns about that. Well, Everyone yeah. knows about it. Because it was like, you know, everyone's like, we're going on strike. And then the people were like, fine, we'll hire Pinkertons to shoot you. And then they're like, oh, no, now no one works in the coal mines because we shot all those guys. Now, to me, when I think of a Pinkerton, I'm like, yeah, L.A. Noir. <laughs> when I think of a That's Pinkerton, I- I'm like, wow, hashtag girl boss, the Rock's new show about the female Pinkerton. <laughs> is that is it called female Pinkerton? I don't know what it's called. I just remember that it was a show that they were that was like apparently in development at some point. Here's my pitch. It's called Pretty in Pinkerton. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's too easy. You know, it's so much more fun to be evil. It's I, like, uh, is it the story of a Pinkerton girl who has to like dress cool because she has a crush on a on like a labor organizer at the coal mine? It's like legally blonde, but she's crushing poor people <laughs> more than in legally blonde. In legally blonde, she helps poor people. I think that's true. Yeah, legally blonde is uh, woke. It's neo blonde. It's shadow blonde. <laughs> Whoa, blonde Gaiden. Atomic blonde, folks. People tried to tell me that movie was going to be good. I wasn't fooled. I didn't see it. I did. It was okay. It, the only part that was like notably good was the staircase fight scene, which is very dope. And then everything yeah. else was somewhere between bad and fine. Yeah. I'm like starting to feel that. And this is really scary and vulnerable to say, but maybe John Wick wasn't that good for action. Cause you know, we've had a lot of shitty John Wick asks stuff. Well, and it's, it's it's all very forgettable. Well, it's the same thing, right? There's like this whole approach to to action directing that came out of like Indonesia and the John Wick movies and stuff like that. That was sort of like stunt people directing action and where like a lot of the extras are stunt people, so there's like a lot more dy- dynamism to like the bodies and motion and stuff. And yeah. then a bunch of people were like, "Oh, we can like basically do that." Mm-hmm. And then, like, they can't. This happens with every cool thing that ever happens. I think um, I'm, I'm okay with there being movies that have that dy- dy- dynamicisms, but I also still want there to be a mo- like a movie where like the action star is like old Bruce Willis age and is like somehow beating up a lot of guys. Like, we, we need that American fantasy still. Like yeah. for the for the for the middle aged man. Yeah, we need more red and red too. <laughs> We need we need more Bosch on the silver screen. Like, I'm sorry if we if we don't. There's like a there's a minimum level of Bosch that we need to hit just to keep everyone sane. I mean, Griffin, if you're fiending for Bosch, there's like 15 Bosch novels. <laughs> like, 15 Bosch seasons. Is that what you said? I said novels. Novels? Wait, there's novels about the show? No, Bosch was a book first. Dude, I'm so tired of you being like, oh, this thing was a thing before it. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out, dog. I'm trying to get you the Bosch you need. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of this. Oh, yeah. Next thing I know, there's going to be, you know, uh, Star Wars is based on something. I mean, Flash Gordon. The, and the like guy Dune. who's fast? No, like Flash Gordon, the space <laughs> adventurer. Son of a bitch. Oh, so Dune is Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars like steals a lot of stuff from Dune, although like kind of misses the point. 
So the worm is like a is like a sarlacc pit. The sarlacc pit's like a worm. But okay, is Dune gonna be fun? I haven't seen the original. Should we oh. do a Dune Dune episode? I would be down to do a Dune episode. Um, we have to do it when I get back from New Orleans. We could definitely do it when I'm back in New Orleans. Um, I just watched the the David Lynch Dune again recently for work. Is, and how is it? Um, it's crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a bunch of really wild visuals. It has a lot of like really densely delivered dialogue that sounds really funny from like 2021 perspective where like you just never hear people give lines that are just like, I've seen your Ganjabar. Now remember mine. I can kill with but a word <laughs> like that, that kind <laughs> of dialogue doesn't exist anymore. So like that's really fun. Yeah. Um, and it has some like really crazy fun practical effects and shit. Um, it's kind of also a fuck mess of a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the people who enjoy it still don't defend it. And that's that sends some signals to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anyone would be like, this movie's good all the way down. It has like glaring problems. Mm-hmm. But there are things about it that are really fun that make it worth watching. You know, I, don't, I feel like anyone who sees that and is like, no, this movie works totally 100% is just like lying to you. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hey, listen. I'm on the Chalamet train, you know, I wasn't at at the beginning of his career, but at this point I've given up. I said, what's the point in fighting it? They've decided this is the, this is the young boy of the generation. And I, and I'm here, I've accepted it as well. I think that's good. Um, And to go back to the original question of will Dune be fun? Um, even though it has Chalamet, an actor who I don't think is very fun. Um, but, but you're not, wait, so you're not on the Chalamet train? I, I mean, I accept the inevitability of progress. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen. Like, Chalamet's a thing. I just don't think he's yeah. that fun. I think he's good. So you're, yeah, you're, you're going to swim up against the current on this one. I just feel like he doesn't bring a lot of, like, goofy fun. Like, he does, he, I, I could never buy him bringing, like, B movie energy to a movie. Do you know what I mean? So you don't think he can be Wonka? Um, oh. I don't I that's like the bottom of my list of Wonka problems, dude. He's like a bisexual Wonka. I mean, that's just regular Wonka, I think. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Wonka, yeah. But if um look, if he can pull off Wonka, then I'll I'll take it all back. Wonka, his ability to do Wonka is a good litmus test for me, I think. Like, yeah. The Wonka test. Like if he can pass the Wonka test, I'll take it all back. But Dune, Dune should be fun. It has a lot of fun fighting. It has a lot of fun monsters and like weird magic. The real question mm-hmm. is how nasty are they going to make those Harkonnens? And the answer is can't tell from the trailer. We'll have to find out by watching it. Is there an alien race they're not showing? No, there are these guys called the Harkonnens who are like one of like the big houses. Um, and they're portrayed as just like really gross and weird. And they got like lesions and they're all like pussy. And nasty. They're like the guy from 300. Yeah, kind of. They're like that, but if he was like the king. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that should be good. Yeah. The um, albino Dave Batista is one of them. He's a Beast mm-hmm. Raban Harkonnen. So, so so, there's the force in Dune? Yeah, sort of. There's this. There's magic. Okay. There's <laughs> Jedi. There's pedophiles. Yeah. I'd say yes to nice. both those questions. <laughs> well, I'm in then. Uh, that sounds great. Folks, I think we all do a Dune episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Game Boys, and we're going to do a Dune episode. Um, we're going to do a Dune episode and strap in. It's not not today. Probably so next I guess week. Unstrap. unstrap for this one because you're going to need your strap next week. Yeah, save your straps. Frankly, um, but this mm-hmm. is a video game podcast. Griffin already said it. And I interrupted him. It's called Game Boys. My name's Lux. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm Griffin. You're the co-host, and we're joined as always by the giant worm herself, Haley. <laughs> 
and you know, to me, to me that, you know, sometimes I think it's, I think that's, that's a, that's a positive, you know, that worm is a majestic, big, powerful worm. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, the, the worm is like a holy thing, kind of like the Quitsets Adirak has to ride the worm, you know, it's a God. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, I feel good about that. Lux, how you feeling this week? What's going on? I haven't talked to you much this week. I took my first actual day off from doing anything in months on Monday. Nice. Um, it was sick. I went to forests to we ba- we saw you in the stream for a second, even though we were like oh, very yeah. lazily streaming. I gotcha. Um, we fixed our the big mistake I made, which uh, I'll tell you about that now. So on the SMT stream, I accidentally Shin Megami Tensei two. Uh, I accidentally clicked our auto state our auto load state button and erased an hour and a half of progress. Um, and I loaded our save state to a point where I had not only lost an hour and a half of progress, I had also accidentally triggered it so that the game thought we were finished with a dungeon that we were not finished with. And it upgraded all the monsters to make it a grind dungeon that we were not powerful enough to go into. Incredible. Um, so I burned an hour and a half of time made the game unplayable. So I had to go back to forests and redo like two hours of the stream, um, which is what you saw. <laughs> Um, you, you had to start the whole game over? Not the whole game, just like a section of the game. Oh, damn. Um, I had to do that whole quest over again. Audience, go off if you think it would have been cooler if the whole game had broken. I No, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. So many people are saying, yes, it's definite. <laughs> Everyone wanted it. Yeah, I did that. And then I smoked a lot of weed and played some JRPGs. Uh, played a That's lot of nice. Forgotten City. That's nice. Yeah. Um, loving that game. That game's really fun. Really fun little puzzle guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've stopped walking off of cliffs and I'm able to actually do the puzzles now because I'm not just dying all the time. Was it nice? It, it sounds like you got some personal time to just, you know, return to the games you've been playing and rest, relax and game. Yeah, no, it was great. Someone said, hey, do you want to go get some dinner at this bar? And I said, no. Oh, incredible. You turned something <laughs> down. You know, there was two things I should have turned down. Oh, yeah. That, that I said I, that I said, damn, I could be gaming more right now. Yeah, I, I turned it down in the name of gaming. What did you what did you do that we should have that you should have walked away from? Um, I made a video one day and uh, that took a lot of my time. And I was like, well, you know what? It'd be so much cooler if I'd just been playing Metroid Dread. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, uh, I had to go to the, you know, the annual HR harassment training at seminar at work. And I was like, man, I wish I was gaming during this. And I bet um, I bet the people who need that thing the most probably skipped it to do gaming. <laughs> that, seems, hey, that seems right. <laughs> Nah, but then they're not cool gamers. They're playing dumb games. They're playing like Days Gone alone mm. on heroin. Mm. Dark. Did, did I paint a bleak enough picture? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, a really sweaty picture. <laughs> um, but uh, the funny, the funny part of though about the, the HR training was that uh, my manager like argued with the lady they hired about the like the letters of the California law. It was very tense and hilarious to me. <laughs> That's so funny to have like an expert come in and be like, here are the rules. And the boss is like, hold on. I don't like those like, rules. Not for me. Yeah. It's for those. Incre- it felt like almost like a moment from like the fucking office or something, because it's like he's doing that. And every single person in the room is like, well, I believe this lady. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. It's so funny. Of course. She's the expert. She's the person you <laughs> hired to do this. 
Why would you ever believe? Like that's the otherwise your boss would just be giving this explanation. She was like, uh, well, I don't know if what your legal counsel is telling you is so funny. That's incredible. That rules. You know, at some moments, some things in life are better than gaming. And that was one of them. But, um, you know, I've been returning back to New World Lux. Uh, you know, after we talked, I'd kind of gone busy and set it aside for a few days. But over the course of three or four days of not playing it, man, I just started getting the itch again. And, you know, I've just gotten back into it and I am really digging it. It is clearly a game that they were like, we want to make it feel like World of Warcraft classic. We like purposely want things to take forever and for it to be grindy. And if you like that sort of thing, this is a pretty cool modern version of it. Yeah, I have heard from multiple people that for reasons they cannot really explain, the game is very fun to play and very bad to watch. Mm -hmm. It is um, it's like a six out of ten game that's very fun to play Um, that makes it like closer to like an eight out of ten or something like that. Um, but like, man, the things that they do get right in the game, they really, really get right. And one of them is the crafting and the gathering stuff. It is like a just really scenic and beautiful and like aesthetically pleasing and viscerally. The sounds are incredibly pleasing of you just chopping a tree or like mining a rock and it is incredibly long grindy busy work but like it's enjoyable still and like relaxing and the world is beautiful and it's like wow i like barely barely did anything i just like hit some rocks and hit some trees but i took them back to town and i put them in a furnace and i put them in a smelter and i put them through a workshop and big circles and numbers went up and that just felt good. That and that's the thing. Like, well, I think it was Forrest who I talked to this recently. There are some games or some ways of approaching games that are like the joy is checking things off the list and watching the number go up. And like this sounds like one of those games. And if you're a person who likes checkboxes and numbers going up, then like you're gonna love it. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's like many have made and attempted to make the numbers go up, but in, but this game truly knows how to make the numbers go up because you can't just, I mean, just having numbers in your game, like a, like a Borderlands, uh, you know, or, or like a Dragon Age or something like that. That's like one thing, but like to make those numbers look and feel meaningful on the screen, that's a real art. There yeah. is an art to that. Right. Like you have to invest those numbers with meaning, even more meaning than just like amount of wood. Like it's the thing where like you see that you need 300 wood to make a house. And so, you know, that when you chop down a tree and get 20 wood, you're like, you know, X percentage of the way to getting a house. Yeah. But you also know that like, ooh, if I put 20 more wood in this thing. The circle's going to go. And then it's going to go from 34 to 35 and I'm going to get a little experience and I'm going to have a little bit more materials to do even more beer crafting things. And just like the sound and look of it, like, you know, there's so many games where you craft stuff, but there's, there's, there's so like, there are games that make it extra satisfying. And I think those things are what's really making people 
like play an insane amount in the, of this game. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes games forget, especially more modern games, that there's just certain visceral joys of gaming. And one is very much like fill the bar, get the prize. Mm-hmm. Um, or like watch number go up or whatever. And I think that it's when games can like use some modern mechanics to make a game like mechanically fun to play, but also include these sort of like like Skinner box treats for your brain. Yeah. And like that's the money zone. It, it really is. They've really hit the money zone on it. And I'm like, I, it's a game where it's like all of the different professions seem not only fun to get good at, but all super useful so it's not it's like you want to do them all it's not a game where you're like i'm just a miner it's like no you're gonna like want to also chop trees it's not a game where you're just like i'm just a miner please don't talk to me on the internet (laughs) they took my job um you know it's uh so the, the that stuff is really really fun and and it's also it's fun because so many other people are gathering around you. It really just does feel like people are running through forests and big packs, just like knocking down trees. And there's something very like alive to that feeling. It feels like RuneScape in that sense. It sounds like a nightmare scene from a Miyazaki movie or like <laughs> there's like this jungle or like this forest people who live in the trees and they see this like cloud of dust on the horizon. And we cut yeah. into just like hundreds of dudes, with axes just whirling through chopping down trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of neck beard guys. Yeah. It's, it's their, it's not their avatars. It's what they really look like. Um, and me. Yeah. And I, I can't really grow guys in one a, real hunk. <laughs> can't really grow a beard. Um, but if I could, it would be there. And um, that's why we do the podcast because I we bound. I have the huge beard that grows very fast, so it's sort of balanced that way. You speak for the you speak for the bearded uh, gamers. I feel and like I you speak have for more the, in common with the bearded gamers than I do, and yet I'm the <laughs> one with the beard. It's a, a right, hilarious I, irony, frankly. I hide in plain sight. Um, <laughs> But like, um, Clean shaven yeah, camera. it's, <laughs> uh, it blinds your retina scopes. Like, <laughs> this guy's not a freak. He looks normal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So th- that part is really cool. But then the other big part that I really wanted to mention that's so fascinating about the game and like makes me like feel like, damn, I gotta get to a higher level and like be more of a badass is this server identity stuff. Like Every day there's like a war between zones and oh, yeah. like our, our factions are constantly battling for control. Um, and that control can like, m- you know, mean all sorts of different things. Uh, right now um, I'm in like a fa- the purple faction and we've been warring with the green faction with like equal amount of like city states or whatever. And then there's also the third faction who's only had one to two and they're kind of like the loser underdogs. Hell yeah. <laughs> they're just at the bottom of the map, just chilling. Honestly, like, <laughs> rooting, rooting for them, frankly. Yeah, I am too. I'm like, how do I switch? Um, <laughs> and then take it all over. Cause they, you know, they'd be easy to rule. Um, <laughs> But, Fucking uh, please. but yeah, like the, the, because there's these upcoming battles, normally what happens in other MMOs is you get into a guild and they set the raid schedule. They're like, all right, we do Mondays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Fridays or whatever. But now it's like the factions set wartime and they're like wartime on the servers, seven thirty. sign up for it. 
and like you try to sign up for it and then you're online at that time um to do these like large scale pvp battles that decide who then controls that, that like faction area so it's all really fascinating stuff that reminds me a lot of how in world war one they would like take days off for christmas <laughs> and like had like scheduling the war where it's just like all right war is at eight o'clock tonight so like mm-hmm. be there be square yeah uh Santa walked through those trenches like Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, Santa threw on the magical bracers and just went through and he was like, here's like, I don't know, some socks because you've got because you've got Legionnaire's disease and trench foot. Um, I don't know, man. It's not it's it's the 1900s, dude. There's no everything sucks. Yeah, mass death just got invented. So like nothing I give you is going to make you feel better. Uh, so. That stuff is really cool, too, because it's like and I I haven't had a chance to really get into that stuff because I'm not really a high enough level to be like very useful. Um, But that stuff really intrigues me. Um, And then what's also funny is like when a faction controls an area, they get to set the taxes. Uh, And so if you own a house in that territory, all of a sudden you're like paying more taxes you're paying more to craft things at the at the at the workshops in the town you're paying more to fast travel to that area and you need to move around the map to do all sorts of kinds of stuff so these all become like not like game ruining but like they all become like little taxes on you that like make you be like damn we got to get some more territories back like i'm tired of paying these motherfuckers um so there's all these really cool interactions um that really like tie like you to like the narrative of your server yeah that's really interesting the tax thing because it does really like it gives uh a pretty substantial stakes to making these kind of like to the battles and to like how you do your build and to what your team does like i like that i like that better than just like oh you can't go here or something because mm-hmm. it means that like you still get the whole world but there's like little things and little imbalances that can really mess with you yeah or or just like give you a boost and 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 more most importantly a bragging right uh that 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 shit is cool um so yeah i uh i'm really enjoying the game it's tough because now i'm in this stage where i really like final fantasy and i also really like new world but they scratch like almost opposite itches so i'm probably going to be playing two mmos at once something no one should do you absolute freak but like Final Fantasy, the thing is, is Final Fantasy has such an incredible story and I'm dying to see what happens next. Yeah. Well, I feel but, like Final Fantasy yeah. is like dragons and narrative and this other game is just like crafting and and gameplay. Yeah. Like constant gameplay. And that's the thing is like a lot of times in Final Fantasy, I'm like, damn, I'm loving the story. But I do feel like I'm kind of sitting back and I'm not really playing because I'm like in like a heavy narrative arc or whatever. That's like doesn't involve a lot of quests and involves just traveling and talking to people. And it's like, oh, this is a good story, but I'm not really playing the game. And then it's like New World's like every second you're playing the game. But like the story is like Roblox. It's like dumb as shit. It also feels like unless maybe maybe I'm incorrect here, but it feels like hmm. It feels like uh, the narrative elements of new worlds are like extremely emergent from the gameplay that like 
the story as you're experiencing it has a lot more to do with the choices the factions make and how the battles go and that kind of stuff than Final Fantasy, which has like a concrete written story. Mm hmm. A hundred percent. Yes. That's that, pretty fucking totally cool. true. That's a big part of it, too. And like when you choose a faction and if you do want to play in these like skirmishes, they're like, you have to join our discord, join the faction discord. It's like you really it's like everything in World of Warcraft feels so optional, feels so artificial, feels so you don't have to invest. And I think it's really cool that like a modern developer very clearly was like, no, we we are going to force you to invest. That's part of the game. Um, whereas World of Warcraft is like, oh, no one wants to play MMOs anymore. We have to reward, 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 reward and constantly move them through like a slurry of content or they're or they're not going to pay attention. And it's like, mm, a lot of people will fucking play this. It's <laughs> a lot of people are eating this slop. Yeah, I mean, part of it's that's the Amazon thing, which makes like easier to access, I think, for folks. And then part of it is, I think, that like there's it doesn't seem like there's lore, right? And now, obviously, people love lore. Like, I've largely made a career out of the fact that people love lore. But like, I think there's also a contingent of people that want to break from that shit that don't want to have to like know the Azeroth orc Draenor relationship or don't need to know about the crystals and the primals. Ooh, interesting take. It's like, it's like almost like new world is a new world, like a blank slate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. A real Terra Nova, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I think that is a part of it that like people can just get in and just like get into it and just get into the mechanics and the choices and the world they're in, as opposed to sort of like, Ooh, what's the secret of the big palace or like who's a what's a Gul'dan? Yeah, or like no one like there is a slight question of that in some in some sense, because there's like a corruption in, on the on the land. But like no one gives a fuck. It's like, oh, the story is yellow is up two zones and, per, and like and like purple it just lost a zone. That's the story. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's been really cool so far. Whether, whether that has longevity or whether they add more PVE to keep us more invested in other ways, we'll have to see. But, you know, again, game that i'm still surprised i'm playing and enjoying um but lux you mentioned christmas i did I, yeah i did earlier and uh it's interesting you mentioned that because i wanted to talk christmas for a second with you all right christmas now very often for most people in our audience will will know christmas is almost always under attack Oh, There's yeah. almost always a war on Christmas. People complain about the songs. People get rid of the coffee cups. People mm -hmm. don't want you dressing up as Santa and using public toilets. Yeah. Um, it's every always year, happening. Every year, SantaCon in NYC gets safer and there's two to three less homicides. It's the worst. This has to end. Um, you know, Christmas is at stake, though, in a different way, though this year Lux and that way is in the shipping containers. I've been reading this article in the New York times that came out yesterday 
um, that's about, um, it's titled, It's Not Sustainable, What America's Port Crisis Looks Like Up Close. Um, and, you know, for longtime listeners of the show, we often talk about how hard it is to find that PS5 still to this day or to find any of these graphic cards. But that like spreads out to a lot of different consumer goods now, because if you if you live in L.A. like I do, you can look out on the ocean and see an endless stream of docked boats out in the bays and out into the deep waters um, because there has been this really long like pandemic um, buildup. Have you seen any of these uh, photos, Lux? Yeah, I have. I have seen I've the conditions for like dock, dock workers and stuff. Um, and it's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems and, like nothing is working right. Right. But this, this article sort of brought it all into focus for me a little bit more in terms of uh, like what this means for gamers and what this just means for like <laughs> retail consumers for like black Friday and like for like Christmas season. When, when we think about buying gifts or buying that console or even like, let's say buying that controller, which is going to be potentially difficult to buy even accessories for this Christmas, this pandemic buildup has gotten so bad um, that there are just like ships that are not sure if they're ever going to get their container in now. They've been out there for so long. Um, And even worse, um, because the backups are so bad, when they're taking the ships back to China, oftentimes they're having to bring them back just empty with nothing because they can't get anything on them. So they're bringing back just the empty containers because China is running out of containers. They're like, we sent you all of our containers. We can't put anything in anything anymore because they're all (laughs) sitting in the fucking Bay of America. (laughs) The Bay of America. Um, Yeah, the one bay. It's fucking, it's crazy. I mean, it's not just Christmas and and, and, uh, Black Friday. Like, it's Hanukkah too. You're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, thank you for recognizing. And also, it's yesterday, um, because yesterday I went over to GameStop to grab some stuff for the play, for the old PS5, and literally none of the things that I asked if they had, they had, and none of them were like esoteric. I was like, "Can I get a hard copy of Deathloop for a mm-hmm. friend?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "Okay, can I get a new controller?" And they were like, "No." Yep. Um, and so, and that's, and that's right now, just right. wait, you think about that in mid October, right. Or early October, even like we're two months out from sort of Xmas season, we're a month and a half out from black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's going to get so much worse in the interim. And, and so, yeah. And so it's like, you know, when I think about Christmas or whatever, I like for me as a gamer and you know, when you're a kid, you have no income, you have no money in any sense. Yeah. Unless you like rob a a guy. Yeah. So like you can't, unless you get really good at robbing, uh, but like you can't just like buy a video game when you want it. You have to like wait in like yearly intervals for like your birthday, like maybe like an end of the year report card or like Christmas like yeah, maybe to, to like really score and get like a game or two maybe a couple times a year your weird dad is like i'm gonna buy a video game for me and you can tag along and be like can i get this used copy of this old jrpg yeah, for three dollars <laughs> that's just you uh-huh. <laughs> fuck dude i'm so uh, that that would been cool it would have been cool to have some some uh, some gamer stuff that i didn't have to 
asked for. It was just lying around. That'd be cool. Yeah, that was chill. Although sometimes it scared me. Um, most most known is the time when I was five. My dad was playing Diablo, and my mom let me just sit and watch. And he got to the butcher, and I had nightmares for weeks. Hmm. Wow. All I had was a, a stand up uh, poster of Howard Stern in my dad's man cave. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> it was it was the private it was the private parts poster him naked in, amongst the skyscrapers. But it was like one of the ones that like is a cutout that stands. Nice kind of you know, uh, that you would get at like a movie theater. Yeah, totally. That they'd have if they were like screening the album. <laughs> um, uh, it was a movie. Oh, right. Private Parts was a movie. Um, it was actually a good movie, too. That's pretty funny. Well, good for Dan. Good for Mr. Stern. Good for Mr. Stern. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So, like, for me, I've always thought about Christmas as one of those times to really score and, like, get some video games. And and not only do I feel bad for, like, all these gamer kids, but also I feel like this is going to be the Christmas where it's, like, the majority of the gamer gifts are like for like V bucks and fucking Fortnite coins and like not real discs, not real physical game stuff. It's going to be like microtransaction gift cards. Um, and that's a dark Christmas. Yeah. There's a part of me that feels like this pandemic backlog has like fast tracked the already inevitable transition to like a purely digital platform based gaming economy. Mm-hmm. That like now it's not just like you download games because it's faster, more convenient. You download games because like if you go to GameStop to buy a game, odds are they don't have it. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And like exactly. And so like that we were already on the way there anyways. Right. Like they're making download speed so much faster. They're making something like, they were incentivizing downloading games in a million ways and have been for years. But like now it's just like there's not even an alternative half the time. Like as long as it's the only thing you can do. Yeah, but but I but I but I, 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 I the thing that scares me about it all and, and sort of a way where I, I'm and literally before I probably preface this by saying I'm doing nothing to fight any of this because I literally have the PS5 digital version. You don't I even have a disc ver- drive. <laughs> I had the disc version and I gave it away to someone who had the non-disc version because I thought it looked ugly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And just now you're actually just being like, I want discs that I can't even ba- use. I just want to have some discs. Ba- it was a bad shit decision. But, you know, uh, for me, I was like, you know, I'm only I, I, I want to play games right at 9 p.m. when they when they unlock. And I'm going to always download them for that. Like, I'm not going to wait in line to play a game I'm excited about. So, like, no point. Man, this man gets um, unlocked at 9 p.m. Unbelievable. Pacific Coast magic. <laughs> It's Pacific Coast Magic, baby. Listen, if if there's a, if there's a game that I can play at 9 p.m. as opposed to like 7 p.m. the next day when I'm done with my day, get the fuck out of here. That's like yeah. almost 24 hours early. All the best arguments for L.A. are basically just like the time zone is great. Like football starts at 10 in the morning on Sunday. Like you can download mm-hmm. your games at nine. Yeah, that um, shit rocks. Yeah, that shit does rock. Uh, but like, uh, it's um. It's weird because when you own physical discs, that's yours. You put it in a machine and it turns on as long as like that machine can like still operate, which I guess is about 10 years for most of those console machines. But like when you just own the digital purchase of one of these games, 
it is a complete like watering down of your ownership because essentially what they're saying is like at any point we could just decide to not host this game anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, if it becomes financially not like, you know, feasible, then, you know, maybe we don't host that game that you love from PS3 era and it's just becomes just erased from any kind of history. And it's like this is basically what we're signing up for with this digital ownership. Yeah. I mean, even more. I mean, there's there's that which is like the doomsday, but even like there's like in my dumb life, um, like sometimes as we've chronicled in this podcast extensively, my Internet is bad. And so sometimes when my internet goes off, games that I downloaded can't get their license auto-checked by the PlayStation Network, and it just won't let me play them. Right. Because they'll be like, oh, I can't confirm that you own this game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't play um, Metroid Dread until I showed them proof of vaccination, which <laughs> I thought was a little overboard. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't want Samus getting sick. <laughs> That's true. She's already gotten sick twice <laughs> yes. from parasites. Yeah. But the game tells you that she took a vaccine and it made her better. Well, good. I'm glad the game. It's okay. That's something we should talk about, actually. Games are starting to talk about the vaccine and the pandemic in the body mm-hmm. of the games. And I, yeah. And frankly, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. Um, I was playing Forget- Forbidden City or Forgotten City, and there's a part where someone's talking about like a crisis or whatever. And then you have the dialogue option being like, yeah, I lived during a pandemic. I get it. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> like, Awful. get out of here. Can't you guys tell that we're all trying to pretend it didn't happen and let us keep burying it deep? And it's like, it happened. And like, that sucks. But like, I don't know. It's not like in 2003, every video game character. It's not like Banjo-Kazooie was being like, y'all remember 9-11? Like, like that's just not. It's just such a weird thing. It's just like I don't know. Because, and then Kazooie was like, "What about Building 7 <laughs> You know, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Um, but like, actually, Forgotten City. That is my one big note. With Forgotten Kazooie, C- you've never talked before. <laughs> that's because I knew if I said I anything, people s- would would not respect my views. <laughs> I saved my words. <laughs> I didn't want to get canceled. But I've held it in for too long. <laughs> Nobody gets canceled. They just get richer. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Forgotten City, speaking of, that's one of my beefs with it that I actually meant to bring up to you that I thought you'd be interested in. Um, what? Is that there's this weird thing in the dialogue where, like, if you want to, you can sort of do this really weird, like, push your glasses up and, well, actually, all these people who live in Rome... <laughs> Like they'll be like Rome. Just facts and logic them. Yeah, it's like totally. Like the like they'll play parts like Rome, the greatest empire to ever live. And you're like, mm, didn't you do slavery? Like, wait, like, act, like, wait, didn't you do? Aren't they actively doing slavery? If he's talking to Rome, right, yeah, he's like, he's like, doesn't Rome like? Yeah, well, he's like, don't you have slavery? Because in my time, the future, we think that's abhorrent. Uh-huh. And like, there's so many positions where you get to be like, well, from the future, it seems like your society is pretty fucked up. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't need this, right? Like, and it's the Romans true. are like, and the Romans are like, who built your iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they they defend it in their own weird way, but like it's just like they're, a really they're un- just like normal alt right shuds. That's it's, what Romans are. Yeah, it's just like a weird dialogue branch and like a weird thing to put in your game. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't really need my game to be like, well, let's have a quick dialogue about collective punishment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it should be. It should be called, hey, forget about it, city. Yeah, I wish that I got time traveled back to New York uh, when everyone was a Tony (laughs) Soprano. It would be cool because that New York is gone. You would have to time travel to that New York. Um, Yeah, that New York's long gone. It's long gone. It's dead in the ground. I don't know. I don't know what's there now. Just people eating in in, in, in the streets, having having French toast and waffles in a gutter. That, that's what New York's all about now. That, that actually sounds better than what I associate with New York now. So I'm into that. I feel like New York's <laughs> a lot of people being like, well, today is going to cost $130. What do you want to do? Take a subway and get a sandwich. And then, I don't know, need to spend 90 bucks to go to a museum. <laughs> I, uh, untenable, untenable place to live. Uh, uh, but what if, is that, but what, is that what tenant was about living in New York? Yeah. And it's an untenable <laughs> place to live. You can't just like, ah, these prices. And it'd just be like, they look at it for an apartment price. Like, all right, how much is this one? They're like 7,500 a month. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back in time and he's like, don't rent it. <laughs> this is a leasing manager running backwards. <laughs> I never saw the movie. It looks so bad. Bullets go backwards is the thing you got to know about the movie. I'm more into bullets curving, yeah. curving them bullets. I mean, Shout wanted ahead of its time. Basically perfect. Basically what the Eternals wishes it could be. I feel like most movies kind of wish they were wanted at this point, both in terms mm-hmm. of the joke of no one wants these movies and also the movie wanted. I think Eternals is going to be a really dark moment for uh, movie nation. I'm holding out hope that's going to be good. I really wait. What? I'm I'm torn. So here's so arguments in the good column. Okay, I'll start with the bad column. Arguments in the bad column. Too many characters. Too much Marvelization and like trying to explain how it fits into the Marvel universe. It looks like the entire time they're standing on the beach from old. It looks like it's just all shot in a field. Um, no, that's not true. There's like crazy set ranges in the trailer. That's one of the things that looks good about it. You're just thinking of like the fact that the two flag images are them on a beach, but there's like a bunch of other images in the trailer. Their, their, their whole movie is one shot. It takes place in a field. All right. Well, I'm not doing the bad list yet. Third thing on the bad list is that part in the trailer where he, they're talking about how the table, how everything's made of like secret materials and he hits the table and it breaks. And then the guy goes, uh, Ikea fall collection. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that sucks. And then the. Uh, or there's like a part where they're like, uh, oh, I could be the new uh, leader of the Avengers. And they're all like, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just like, I want to. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And the comic is bad. Um, it's the last sure. thing I don't like. What I do like, things I am excited about, has a lot of cool sets. Doesn't matter that you can only remember the parts on the beach. <laughs> Uh, has a really interesting color palette, has shots that actually look meaningfully composed, uh, has Barry Keegan, who I love, um, and Chloe Zhao is a very good director. So there are reasons to think it might be good, but there are also reasons to think it might be bad. All right, chat. You remember this moment. All right. I can't wait for this to be the Joe Biden VR of 2021 where I, I know I'm I'm willing to bet it all. I'll bet my PS5 on this. I don't. I have one. I don't want that. 
Uh, well, let's move off from Eternals then, because I'm getting too piping hot, mad. Um, <laughs> There's blood coming out of your eyes. You're so angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, did you see the new James Bond? Not yet. Um, I've, I haven't either. Yeah, I I I saw Titan. Uh, which kind of sounds like James Bond. <laughs> it's true. I saw Titan, which sounds a little bit like James Bond. <laughs> What the name's Tom? Tom. Oh, that was that's about. That was good. That was a good movie. That's the female 007 movie. Yeah, it's where the female 007 fucks a car. Um. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the movie's pretty good. Uh, the back half does not live up to the front half, but it is still pretty good. Okay. Um. Well, I wasn't talking about that. Uh, I wanted to talk about. Wait, I think I segued to the wrong thing. You segued. I said your eyes were bleeding. You said James Bond, and we got way James off track. Bond. Oh, I, I was going to say, why hasn't there been a, like a really good James Bond game? Like, is the franchise just not what it used to be? I mean, it definitely isn't. Like, this, what James Bond movies are now are so much more about like trauma and like personal history. Yeah, they fucked it up. No gamer wants anywhere near that shit. Yeah. And whereas they used to be in like the GoldenEye era, they're just like, how many guys can this cool guy shoot and maybe have a little sex? Yeah. Fuck, dude. Like, Oh, 007 Nightfire for the GameCube just popped off. Like, Nightfire is such a great game. Yeah, I mean, um, GoldenEye was the classic. Nightfire was excellent. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, like, GoldenEye obviously was the original, but, like, the scuffed original. And, like, Nightfire was, like, the total, like, the the crimson, you know, ter- Terminator 2. Right, Terminator Two is a good is a good comp. I'm not sure why he said the word crimson, but that's life. Um, yeah, Terminator Two is the good comp where it's like the first one's great, but the second one really mastered the form. I think is a fair thing to say. Yeah, and I'm not really sure why I said crimson either. Cool. Well, I guess that's a mystery for God to sort out. Um, but yeah. Um, okay, so transferring away from that of us complaining, you know, games just ain't what they used to be. No discs, no good 007 games. There is a good game that I have been playing locks. It's called Metroid Dread. I've heard great things. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm sorry to do your spiel. Can I, can, do you have anything? No, dude, I'm, I'm enjoying just reacting off of stuff. I've mostly, honestly, because I've had like a sort of down like low key week. I just like smoked a lot of weed and played JRPGs. No one cares about. So I don't mind being a sounding board this week because no one gives a shit about the things I've been doing. Yeah, it's okay. I I've been I I continued to wade in the zeitgeist um, by playing the newest uh, and most expensive video games, <laughs> uh, like paying full sixty dollars for this game that I think is actually pretty pretty worth sixty dollars. Metroid Dread's fun. I think it's pretty fun. Like I told you before, Lux, it's no Hollow Knight. Yep, but it's good. And like I said, the last time you told me that, I feel like your review of literally every Metroidvania you've played since Hollow Knight is it's good, not as good as Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. And is it is it unfair in my reviews to rank things against Hollow Knight? It just feels like that's a pretty high standard. By like, it feels like you view Hollow Knight as so unreachably high. But the but the genre is called Metroidvania. That's true. <laughs> but I'd it's say like Hollow- it's the grandfather. I'm not supposed to rank it against Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. It's, it's Hollow Knight, kind of the Timothy Chalamet of what the genre. Called, what if it was called? If the if the genre was called Hollow Knightvania, 
but it's not. It's called Metroidvania. This is the grandfather. I think it's okay to compare them. No, I mean, you're right. It's, I mean, it's always fair to compare. They're, they're comparable objects for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I've seen some gameplay of Metroid Dread. It looks really fun. Um, you said something when we were talking about it before. You said that the bosses were cool but easy. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. I'm curious about that. Um, so, so far the bosses have been pretty just like simple and not too demanding. They've been fun. And I would say that I really like the way that like sometimes you get into these like quick time cutscenes that go from 2D into 3D really, really smoothly and really take you into the world. Um, those are super fun. Um, but yeah, nothing about the first two bosses was like, whew, I really got to like get ready for this challenge. Um, it felt like kind of just like mid lane boss stuff. So, um, hopefully the game gets harder. I hear some bosses get harder later, but you know, I'm, I'm only like three or four hours in at this point, but But it is only, yeah, I I am liking it though. Um, I, I really like the artwork and the tone and like the mood uh, of the, of the maps and the levels. Um, and the one thing that really surprised me and I guess, made thing it is different from hollow knight is that in a lot of ways this game so far plays more like a sonic game than it does like a metroidvania game where you're slowly combing out different areas and what i mean by that is like you fly through the map like the game clearly wants you to go through the map a certain route and once you unlock a new trick a door or new ability that you're going to be able to answer doors that are very near you and keep flying. And like, I assume that there are secrets that then you can revisit and come back for, but you can also just like fly through it. Um, I was often shocked at pulling up my map and looking up and being like, damn, I did all of that just now. Um, and so it has a speed to it. That's really fun. That sounds cool. Cause that is, I really like, um, symphony of the night. I really like uh, whichever one is Castlevania 4. Um, and I like a bunch of them. Uh, but the slowness, the slowness is something that pervades even the newer ones. And I've really liked some mm-hmm. new games. Um, there's whatever, like that blood one that I really liked. There's uh, this one called the Sightless that uh, or unsight or whatever. That's been kind of fun. Um, but I always kind of get a little bit. Yeah. Our time spinners are a good example. I always get like a little dragged down and just sort of like, all right, we're moving pretty slowly around here. Like we're really poking around. We're prodding the corners. Um, even Hollow Knight kind of has that a little bit. Totally. Um, and so the idea of one of those that has a little bit more pace attached to it seems really good to me. Yes. And like, yeah, it's like maybe a, that ends up being like something that it does better than Hollow Knight. Because, yeah, sometimes in Hollow Knight, you're like you're going slow and towards the end of Hollow Knight, you get some powers that let you like fucking boost through areas. But um, yeah, so far in Metroid Prime, I've been like, man, I'm flying. And and the thing that they keep holding away from me, though, they, they have not let me turned into the ball yet. And it's it seems like it's the big the big way. Yeah, you got you got to <laughs> turn to the ball. I mean, that's what. When you were talking to me in Forest, that was when I was like, do you roll around? And you didn't answer that question. So it asked some, but then pitched your idea for uh, Squid Game, the video game. Um, mm-hmm. But Forrest was like, of course you roll around. But now I'm intrigued yeah. to learn that you don't roll around yet. They constantly show you holes that a ball could fit down, taunting you, tempting you, saying if you were a ball, you would fit so incredibly down this hole. 
Um, and I still have not unlocked the ball power. And I'm sure when it happens, it people have been saying it is the sweetest victory moment. Like the game purposely is making you want to be a ball so bad. I like that. Uh, I've been replaying the Trails of Cold Steel games in my quest to play all the Trails games. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing the first one right now. And in the first one, people don't unlock their ultimate attack until like you hit a certain like amount of their story. Nice. Um, and that's so rewarding. It makes me much more invested in like, like their attacks feel meaningful because they're associated with like specific things. Like, like Elliot unlocks his attack after he learns how to like tell his friends about his weird relationship with his dad. <laughs> um, and so now that attack has and that like, makes him angry and powerful. <laughs> uh, it, it hardens his resolve. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Confidence is key. Yeah, exactly. Um, He learns how to be an alpha and then he gets his S-craft. And I think it's... I like, And that turns him into a Sigma. Yep. Exactly. See, you basically... You don't even have to play these games. You don't understand that. That's what S stands for. Yep. S stands for Sigma. And Mm -hmm. L stands for Ligma. Oh. And M stands for... My cock and balls. Nice. Really brought that one in for a clean landing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I like what you're talking about with with, with Metroid of of like, especially like replaying. I imagine there's a parallel here because replaying the Trails games, knowing that S-crafts are a thing that I'm going to get for every character. um, But that I have to like play through the game and unlock them through story stuff like makes them feel more interesting. And there's a fun dramatic irony of like, where's the trigger for this guy, that guy, cause I don't remember. Um, and having yeah. that also in, in dread is very cool that like, you know, you're going to get to roll around as a little ball. Like you, you know, you're going oh, yeah. to. Um, and so this question of like, when is it, when does it happen? sounds like a fun kind of mm-hmm. framing element of the whole thing. Whereas, yeah, it's like, but it, whereas you look at a game like fucking, sorry to say it, but Kingdom Hearts 3, they give you all of your abilities and spells at like level one. Yeah. So you have like nothing to acquire. In Kingdom Hearts 1, every spell like is so meaningful when you finally learn it. But yeah. like, nope, you just get it all at the beginning. Yeah. In Kingdom Hearts 3. Sad. Well, I'm excited to play some Metroid Dread. I'm hoping that next week I'll have played some Metroid Dread and... Then we can talk about that next week. And then the week after that, we can talk about, we can do the Dune episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, Metroid Dread, some people are like, oh, it's only like 10 hours. Is this game really worth $60? And that's like, I don't know, maybe not based on your situation, how much $60 means to you. Um, but uh, I, I will say that I am enjoying it. Um, I would rather and, pay um, 60 bucks for 10 like really transportive immersive hours than I would pay 60 bucks for like 40 hours that I like do while listening to a podcast and shit. Uh-huh. What about 3,000 hours that you don't like at all, but you can watch your favorite anime on the screen next door? Are you talking about playing MMOs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. No, dog. I'll just watch the anime. <laughs> Oh no! It's so incre- it's so incredible to in- anime was made to be ingested on a screen to your left. Um, that's fine. That's I sit on the far side of the couch, so Whoa. it works out. Um, that's what I, the comic was about. I learned that uh, speaking of animes, I learned that Danganronpa, a favorite game series of mine that we've definitely talked about on here before, um, they, they've made animes out of all three of the games. So I'm ready to to dive back in. Oh, so I could like maybe like just watch the anime. 
Um, Listen, now that I'm now that I'm playing New World, I'm watching TV again. It's incredible. I put the TV show on the left. I cr- I go gather on the right. It's relaxing as shit. It's like you know I watched only murders in the building while I was while I was gathering today, and I was like you know this show is like fine. It's like oh good okay sometimes. So glad I was crafting during this. Um. You understand. Yeah. Anyways, I that's do. the show. I do understand. I just, haven't watched, I just haven't watched that show, so I don't know what to say about it. It's a, it's a show with Selena Gomez, uh, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. Wow. Weird. Yeah. It's created by Steve Martin. Extra it's weird. About that. It's about them solving a murder. Um, you know what? It was fine. That sounds decent. Weird. Very weird. It was unique and it was fine. And I, and I, and I, but you know what? I, I, I got, I, I gathered and I crafted. And so that's all I'm saying, folks. Folks, if, if I can tell you one thing, if I can leave you with one thing before you hear us next week, go gather, go craft. Um, and um, yeah, um, colonize the new world. Yeah, for sure. All right. Colonize the new world. Become. The kings you dare to be. Have your faction, tax your enemies, do it all. But make sure you check out Haley on YouTube and Instagram at Eat Every Sound. And make sure to check out Griffin on Twitter at Griffin P. Davis and also on TikTok at the same username and on twitch.tv slash Chumaru. And check me out on twitch.tv slash Forrest G. Walker. Uh, soon to have a new name. I'll let you know every Thursday. Actually, it's going to be Wednesday this week at 830 to watch us play Shimigami Tensei 2 and find me on Twitter at tailboy, T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I for all my fun tweets. And next week, I swear I'll remember to ask Griffin what the email is so I can add to the document before we do the plugs. I promise. And my tweets aren't fun. They're work. Yeah, that's and true. You become a better person after reading them and liking them. Um, I'm going to fix the world. Fix capitalism. All right, guys. Destroy them, crush them, eat your enemies. I annoy everyone. Bye. All right, goodbye.